0: This is an AMI podcast. I'm Juhita Gupta and this is The Pulse. One of the interactions I recall with a combination of bemusement and disappointment are those involving children and their parents. It was an all-too-common occurrence, at least before the pandemic, to have curious children question their parents about my disability or the white cane that I make use of. And I have seen parents, albeit well-intentioned parents, fumble with their response. Either they are apologetic or unsure about the best way to answer their kids' questions. It's almost as though parents lack the language to talk about disability, even though disability is pervasive and commonplace. Over many years, I have not heard of a single parent talk about disability with their kids in passing as something normal, much less as something positive. Today, we discuss disability as a dialogue. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Jyothi Gupta, and it's really good to be with you this morning. One of the things I'll mention is that I am taping the show on the weekdays, and it seems to be really noisy outside my window. So if you do hear some construction noise, please just disregard it. It's one of the downsides of living in downtown Toronto. I'm really excited to be having this conversation about how parents have good conversations, constructive conversations with their kids about disabilities. Now, I'm sure there are parents out there who do a wonderful job of talking about disability and difference of any kind with their kids. But for a lot of people, it does bring up a degree of awkwardness where they really don't know the best way to approach a topic that might be taboo or where there isn't a lot written about a condition outside of what doctors say about disability and disabled people. There is a new book out, which is a perfect tool for families, schools and libraries to facilitate conversations about disability, accessibility, social justice and community building. Kelly Fritsch and Anne McGuire's are co-authors of the recently released book, We Move Together. Kelly is in Ottawa this morning and joins us from Toronto. Welcome to The Pulse. It's really good to have you on the program. Hi, Joeda. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. So, Kelly, let me start with you. Tell us a little bit about We Move Together. What is the book all about?
1: We Move Together is a book that follows a mixed ability group of kids and community members as they navigate everyday barriers and find joy and connection in disability culture and community.
0: So, and th- I full disclosure, Anne used to be my TA, um, and I now am f- Anne's Facebook friend. And on Facebook, I heard from Anne, oh my God, I'm publishing a book. It's about to come out. I was really excited about it. So, Anne, tell me a little bit about the book. Now that we know what it is, who is the book actually meant for?
2: Um, well, I mean, are we, we're saying it's, it's for everyone. The reading level is kind of officially listed as um, for kids 6 to 11 years old. Um, but really, it is for everyone, I think. You know, the illustrations are, are very detailed and they tell a story all on their own. And I think that can be enjoyed by the youngest of kids and, and non-readers. And there's a glossary in the back that kind of gets at bigger, bigger concepts that are relevant to older kids and adults. I know I'm, I'm planning on teaching with it in my undergraduate class. So, you know, I think it, it spans all ages.
0: Well, look, I mean, Joe Rowling's books, the Harry Potter books, were actually billed as kids books, but they have a massive adult following. So if it works for Joe Rowling, I don't see why it wouldn't work (laughs) for you folks. Uh, Kelly, tell me about why you think a book like this is important right now.
1: Well, the very first reason was um, a number of years ago, Anna and I were talking about how frustrated we were that we couldn't find kids' books that talked about disability um, or that engaged with many of the communities that we're engaged with every day. Um, so we primarily started working on this book as a way to to give our kids um, a book to read uh, that shows them about all the things that we that we engage with every day.
0: Mm-hmm. And is that your experience as well, Anne, that a lot of parents that you might have been speaking to felt a little lost about how to have conversations with their kids about disability and difference?
2: Uh, absolutely. It's something that I hear a lot um, about. I teach a course at, at U of T um, called Disability and the Child, and, and there are many parents that take that course, and this is often a, a question that um, comes up in the class and then from friends and so on. So I think it is it's a much needed um conversation that many parents were wanting to have and that we you know we were already having with our kids and wanted to have you know a a a tool to to help with those conversations.
0: But Kelly, you know it's not that parents don't have conversations uh, about kids and disabilities um many women uh, or you know when people who are undergoing a pregnancy might be ta- might have conversations with a doctor about the possibility of a disability um or the fetus having a disability uh, if they are the parents of a child with a disability it's often doctors who tend to prescribe a lot of the conversation about the disability, the any perceived shortcomings or barriers or uh, courses of treatment. Were you hoping to supplement that conversation that doctors seem to dominate about disability or provide an alternative to it?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So, so many conversations about disability are about um, a perceived lack that's embodied in a child or, or a person who has an impairment. Uh, and we really wanted to shift the conversation to a focus about the ways in which disability has a culture. There's a community, there's art forms, there's many different things that disability, um, and disabled people bring to the world. Uh, and by focusing instead on, um, not individual lack, but on structural barriers, ways of talking about ableism, ways of identifying different kinds of needs in the community, uh, we felt that this would sort of shift the perspective and give parents and community members alike a way of... Um, developing their own language to talk about the people that they see uh, in their everyday lives um, or ways of even talking back to, to doctors or, or medical institutions about the importance of disabled lives.
0: Mm-hmm. So Anne, fill us in a little bit uh, about your writing process. When you decided you wanted to write a book like this, how did you actually go about doing it? So,
2: um, as Kelly was saying, it started just with these conversations about four years ago. Um, in terms of process, we wanted a book that really engaged with the core principles of disability justice movements that we're seeing in our work and in our activism and our lives. Um, ideas like um, mixed ability movements, um, acknowledging our interdependence or the ways that we rely on each other, um, leadership by the most and in- multiply marginalized, and so on. And so. We, Kelly and I started writing the text, and then Eduardo uh, Trejos, um, who's kind of billed as the illustrator, but has been very involved in the in the writing and the, and the book creation process as well, kind of came on and started sketching out some rough illustrations. And after that, there were just a lot of conversations between all of us, the, the co-authors and illustrators. Um, and then after we had a draft, we invited others, kids and and friends and colleagues and activists and educators from across. Uh, Turtle Island uh, and disability communities um, and they shared their thoughts and feedback about the images mm. and the text and the story changed again. So it was a, a process. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Kelly, how long did it actually take you to write the book, the both of you? Uh,
1: from very first idea until receiving the beautiful printed copy in our hands, it was almost four years um and even what the project was sort of shifted and changed as we worked on it so um, when we first kind of came up with the storyline we had a few ideas about you know the kinds of topics we wanted to cover we definitely wanted to show disability joy we wanted to introduce ideas of ableism um, and disability justice in explicit ways but as we worked on the story and then as um, Eduardo came into the fold and we began this sort of iterative process between talking about the images and what what was possible in the storyline through the images and then through the written word, we realized that um, we needed uh, a glossary. We needed sort of back matter that can explain some of these issues in more detail so that not everything had to be packed into the story. Um, And so with the development of the glossary, we also... needed to reach out to more people to get their feedback. And so um, it extended to be like a pretty long process. But uh, I think in the end, it means that we're very happy (laughs) with how the book turned out and uh, all the feedback that we received on it.
0: Mm. I really like the book. It was very well written. But let me just ask you a little bit, Kelly, about whether there was any influence from Uh, There's a lot of books out there about uh, talking to parents about how to discuss race and racial difference with their kids. Um, There's actually quite a number of guides written, you know, ten best tips, all that kind of thing. Did that genre of book or that genre of writing influence your work at all?
1: Um, Yes, I mean, we read a lot of kids' books. We Anne and I both have two young kids, and so um, we're we're reading a wide variety of books and then both of us in our teaching um, engage with anti-racist pedagogies. And so thinking about how those conversations are happening and influencing children's literature absolutely played um, a role in how we thought about um, our images and texts and um, supplementary um, resources.
0: Um, And just to follow up on that, I mean, Uh, it's a pretty big ask, I think, because the concept of intersectionality is so complicated, even for adults to really grasp. Is that something you're able to touch on in the book at all? Um, I think we touch upon it in different
2: ways in the book. Um, First of all, in terms of the representation, um, we're depicting. Um, oftentimes, you'll see in children's literature where disability is depicted. It's often dis- depicted, depicted. Sorry, as a, a white disabled character, um, and so we, um, the the kinds of, of characters that, that we created, um, span. You know, they're they're multiracial, they're different ages, um, and mm-hmm. so on, and, and different gender, multi gendered as, as well. Um, and so we explicitly tried to engage that in the representation, um, and also in the glossary too. We talk about um, the disability justice movement's commitment to intersectionality, and you know, it's it's a complicated conversation to have with kids, but it's also one that
0: mm. is, is quite simple when you think of we all we all have m- multiple identities that we're bringing. I'm the Gupta, and with me today are Kelly Fritch and Anne McGuire, the co-authors of a new book, We Move Together. So uh, Kelly and Anne, I love to do book readings as much as possible, because I think it's really nice to hear from authors, uh, you know, reading out their own words. It's such a lot of fun. And what I thought you were going to do right now for us is maybe uh, read out a bit from your book and just to sort of explain what's going to happen. Kelly's going to read out from the book and Anne is going to follow up with the accompanying image descriptions, which is quite an exciting uh, part of any children's book to see some image descriptions. So Kelly, take it away. We move fast.
2: A diverse group of kids and their calico cat make their way down a smooth path in a city park. Most of the kids are moving fast, biking, scooting, jogging, kicking a ball, and zooming along in a power wheelchair. One of the friends, a child using arm crutches, is moving more slowly and is waving to the kids ahead.
1: We move slow.
2: The friends have slowed down now and are enjoying different parts of the park. A few of the kids are resting on a soft, grassy hill. Two friends are looking closely at a branch they've found. The other kids, together with their cat, discover a poster for a carnival. We move together. Inspired by the poster, the kids are now playing a new game. As they move together along a city sidewalk, they parade into an imaginative dream world. The brown brick wall behind them gradually turns into a blue and purple night sky lit up with yellow stars. The cement pavement magically transforms into a red carpet. The cat becomes a ferocious tiger one child grows wings the power wheelchair becomes a golden chariot one child using their arm crutch uh, is using their arm crutch to hold up a brilliant yellow banner which reads we move together
0: that's amazing both of you thank you Anne and kelly for that excellent reading i think it really gives us a sense of what the book is all about and of course we don't want to read the whole book (laughs) we do actually want people to go and grab the book and and find and read through it with their with not only their kids but also with their friends and family uh, one of the things that is so interesting and about the book would be the image descriptions. Um, it's not something that I've usually come across in a lot of children's books, and there are a lot of pictures. Tell me about some of the 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 ideas and some of the the concepts that you tried to incorporate into the writing of the book, which might be considered best practices when it comes to the writing and publishing of children's books for, for, access, for accessibility and for readers with disabilities.
2: Well, one thing that we, were, we learned and that we were kind of surprised to learn was how little out there there is in terms of best practices in, term, um, in terms of making kids' books more accessible. Um, and so, you know, things like image description or, or things like accessible eBooks, um, there there wasn't a lot out there that we could find in terms of um um guide, guidance in terms of how to make uh the book more accessible. And so we had many conversations um with community members and decided to create additional content for our website that addresses some access needs like um we're we're in the process of creating a video um of the full book with ASL interpretation as well as a, a full video um with audio description similar to what we we just did. Um, and I think these are useful practices that other authors might consider in, in creating online content that accompanies um, picture books.
0: hmm. Kelly, Anne previewed the website. I was about to get to it, but tell me a little bit about the website. How is the website for We Move Together meant to be used in conjunction with the actual book?
1: Yeah, so we added additional resources on our website to make it more accessible, but also because we would really like the book to be used uh, in primary schools as part of their curriculum. So we have um, a section on our website that has education resources, which has a learning guide basically for kindergarten uh, and up uh, for teachers and educators to use or librarians um, that has different activities and lesson plans and printable templates, um, discussion prompts, group facilitation tips, uh, and extra links to other um, organizations and groups that we talk about in the book, like Disability Visibility and Tangled um, Art Gallery in Toronto. We have the access tools uh, that will be coming out shortly that Anne talked about. So a text description of the book's illustration, the book with captions, the YouTube video with ASL interpretation, and then an audio description of the book. Uh, and then we also have fun stuff for kids. Um, so that includes um, coloring sheets, word searches, a scavenger hunt—you know—a printable template that can ask kids what they think accessibility is, what kinds of important messages would they like to put out if they were gathered um, in a protest scene, like we have uh, covered in the book. Um, and so, the website really brings together all these different resources as well as give information about ourselves um, as authors and the ways that we're situated in disability communities, um, and then as well as um, give news about different events that we're going to be doing in the coming months. Um, And we also have a book trailer, uh, which is a really short uh, YouTube video that gives a teaser um, of the book and the different people who have uh, said really nice things about it.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's great. Now, let me ask you a little bit, um, Kelly, about uh, an experience that I've had just you know being in the world as a disabled person the number of times I've heard uh, of myself being referred to in the third person you know uh, and my white cane being referred to as the stick um, mm-hmm. you know I, I sometimes feel like people although they're well-intentioned just don't have the right language to talk about disability does the book address that need for um, language and I don't just mean politically correct language but the ways in which you would actually have a conversation about disability without feeling awkward about it, without feeling shy about it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And as someone who uses a mobility scooter, it's my everyday experience um, of people like small children, especially pointing at me at the street and saying, what is that? Um, (laughs) And um, I think that that's actually a really great opportunity because oftentimes it's the parent who sort of pulls their kid away and says, Oh, don't say that. Um, But those are the moments when I actually really want to engage. And so this book functions in part as a way to be very voyeuristic about um, different kinds of impairments. So on every page, kids and parents can point to people and say, you know, what is that? And then, um, you know, with the glossary at the end of the book, uh, it really talks about what are all these different assistive devices and why might people use them? What are the different ways that we can talk about disability? What exactly? is ableism. Um, So, yeah, we really want um, people to sort of be vulnerable and take risks uh, and engage with disability uh, in this way. And and hopefully it makes people um, more comfortable.
0: Mm. Now, speaking of engaging with disability, Anne, do you think part of that engagement process is reshaping how we go about thinking about disability? So much of what we hear and think and perceive about disability is shrouded in negativity. Do you think that the book is an invitation to think about disability as something normal, which is just part of being human, um, and just maybe even something to be proud of?
2: Absolutely. I think that the book takes um, the reader along with the children's journey through their everyday life, right? And so the the book is really rooted in in kind of uh, the scenes that many children would be familiar with, you know, the the park, the ice cream shop, the public library, um, Mm -hmm. and so on. And and so I think part of our intention with kind of um, creating a book that was rooted in everyday life is is to kind of show the ways that um, disabled children, disabled adults, and and their non-disabled peers and friends and family members negotiate the world. Um, And I think one thing that we kept hearing when people would read our book um, was this kind of comment, oh, there's so much joy in this book. And 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 I really love that about the book. It really does, I think, communicate that um, beyond this narrative of, of disability as deficit or disability as negativity, that there are these unexpected, um, beautiful and joyful um, relationships that form through disability, both between people and, and between people and their environments. And I, I think that really comes across in the book, or at least I hope it does. <laughs>
0: Mm hmm. Uh, You know, and um, and I'm you're happy to please feel free to jump in on this as well, Kelly. I mean, you're both now the co authors of this book. Uh, You're also parents, you're chatting with a lot of parents. I have always honestly wondered about this. Do you think that children are and young people are just more receptive to a conversation about disability and difference compared to adults like the older we get? I almost feel like the more we have to unlearn to be able to accept differences, but kids just seem to have like, it's a, a blank slate and you, you really have a good opportunity there to have some of those conversations that might get uncomfortable later on in life. Anne, what do you think?
2: Absolutely, I think we're educated in in, in disability over the course of our lives, and often in, in kind of damaging ways, right? And so I think there is an openness um, often to, to children. Um, and their understandings of disability. It's certainly been my experience with my with my own children. Um, I remember having a conversation with my my son when he was quite young, like three years old, I think, um, where we were talking about you know different people do th- things in different ways. You know, some people eat with their with their mouths, and other people eat using tubes. And then we were walking in the forest a few weeks later, and he saw a tree, and we talked about roots, and he immediately made the connection between. He's like, well, the tree is eating using a tube, just like some people eat using feeding tubes. And, you know, this is from, you know, a three-year-old or a -a two-and-a-half-year-old having making that connection. And that actually inspired one of our um, images, one of our spreads, which talks about tubes and straws. And there's a giant tree with a big root system
0: you know what we've got less than five minutes left but kelly i'm gonna have to ask you about the great straw debate that made an appearance in the book um i was honestly shocked you went there because so many adults have a hard time reconciling the fact that there are two very divergent points of view um about uh this about the use of straws and and and, real, and, and single-use plastics in the disability community. Adults have trouble sort of dealing with that. Uh, why did you want to show that there are moments of conflict and moments where we don't all agree? Why was that important to you?
1: Because it's absolutely true. Uh, and I think the way that we work coalitionally, and I think that the way that we build on intersectional analysis is to confront some of these conflicts, Uh, and try to work through them, and to show that um, different communities and different people have different stakes in the conversation, uh, and those people who are most impacted by these decisions have to be able to have their voices heard and respected, uh, and that we have to find um, creative solutions to how we deal with these problems, and that we absolutely uh, have the creative possibility to think of different ways around these problems, uh, and in ways that often get shut down um, by less creative thinking sort of uh, policy makers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Anna, we just have a minute left. In that minute, do let us know how we can get your book, uh, where we can buy it, where it's available, whether it's in a library, and uh, give us the website where we can get some more information.
2: Okay. Um, well, the book is available anywhere where you might buy a book, um, book retailers, <laughs> Um, you can order it from your, uh, your local bookstores. Many of the I think there's 24 copies in the Toronto Public Library right now and many copies in Ottawa and in different libraries. And so and if, if your local bookstore, your library doesn't have it, it would be great to kind of order it in and, and, and make sure that it's available for folks to, to access. Um, and also through the AK Press website. Um, our website, uh, which has more information about where you can get the book, is WWw. That we move together.ca.
0: Excellent. Anne McGuire and Kelly Freach. thank you both of you for being on the program. It's been a blast and the time has really flown by today.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Joey. Joita. Thank me. you so
0: much. That was Anne McGuire and Kelly Freach. they are the co-authors of a new book, We Move Together. You can find the book, well, wherever you get your books, and you can also visit the website www wemovetogether.ca. move together.ca. If you missed my conversation or you want to go back and have a listen, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. Head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. We'll put a link up to the website for We Move Together so you can go and check that out. I'd like to thank Kelly Frech and Anne McGuire for being my guests on the program today. Sam Robinson is our technical producer today. Stepping in for Nasreen Abdul Majid. Andy Frank is the manager for AMI Audio. And Paula Denine is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day.